This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey everybody, this is Zach Slusher from the Trash Blood Horrorcast. If you're looking for a hilarious and very unique podcast about horror movies, then this is the show for you. Each week, one of my oldest and best friends, BJ Presley, joins me to talk about and review a horror movie. We touch on the paranormal, and on each episode, we perform our very own script for a horror movie sequel, mashup, or spinoff that has never been made, called Trash Blood's Original Sequels. We have such scripts as The Exorcism of Robocop, a story about Robocop's husband hiring an exorcist to get the demon out of Robocop. Robocop sits up quickly and aims his mouth to Father Wishbone to projectile vomit, but only throws up a brown substance on his own chin and says, That was scumbag! Your mother sucks! Wait, I already said that! You eat shit and you smell like Jesus Christ, asshole! National Lampoon's Poltergeist 4. Carol Ann is all grown up and has turned into a drunk hillbilly, and she needs to get rid of ghosts. She walks to the guest bathroom and opens the door. There's toothbrushes, soap, towels, and a turd floating around. Holy moly. Fuck my dick! There really is ghosts! I told you, my baby son that's also a boy, that floating turd used to be a funnel cake, but now it's your mama's shit. (laughs) Funny how stuff works. American Werewolf on Tinder. A Mountain Dew-obsessed douchebag werewolf that uses Tinder to try to get laid. He stands up and grabs a 12-pack of Mountain Dew and takes a bite and swallows the whole case and says in his asshole werewolf voice, I love... Doing the do. Listen to Trash Blood Horrorcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast platforms. Hey guys, welcome to episode 199 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. What are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we just want to wish all the mothers out there in the U.S. a happy Mother's Day. Yeah, happy Mommy's Day, everybody. And even if you're not in the U.S., we're giving you this one. Happy Mother's Day. Happy dang Mother's Day, y'all. Right. Tracy. What? I love you. I love you, honey. Thank you for my wonderful gifts today, by the way. You are more than welcome. We want to start off by thanking all of our military and civil servants and everybody on the front line, all the essential workers who are out there making it happen during this rough time in uh, this world. Thank you for all that you do. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. I know you're all hanging in there still, but I know you're tired. We're still praying for you all every day, and hopefully this will be over soon. Yeah, just keep keep steady and, and keep positive thoughts, and we'll get through this. Hell yeah, we will. And for those of you that are struggling a little more than normal, 
please know that you've got friends, you've got family. I've seen a lot of people posting in a group, and I'm always so proud of the way that the other group members just jump in and, and give the support they needed. Almost 5,000 people in the group now. Trust me, if you need support, somebody will give it to you there. Yes, we will. If for some reason you feel the need to call Tracy or myself, you can do that. Or if you'd rather talk to someone that's a little more anonymous, then you can do it. The Suicide Helpline, which is 1-800-273-8255. And if you're more of a texter, 741-741. But just hang in there. Yeah, hang on now. We can get through this. Tracy? Yes, baby. Real quick. Um, you, you always hear, everybody hears at the beginning of the show, we do the little Podbelly thing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We are part of the Podbelly Network. A bunch of great shows on there. Oh, yeah. Over, over 20 great shows on there. Some of these shows you're well aware of, like Graveyard Tales is on mm-hmm. there. And some of them we've had on the show, Kim and Kat from Kim and Kat Stays Alive. They're part of the network. And we'll tell you about a little more, uh, some more of the shows a little bit later. At the end of every episode, we're going to start telling you about some of the other shows on the network because there really are some good ones and on there. There are some, good ones. There's some big ones on there. I mean, Sofa Kings, Breakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a bunch of good shows on there. We're very proud to be on this podcast. Absolutely. And they're giving away stickers. Ooh. So if you want a free sticker, just go to podbelly.com and you're going to need the uh, special code for checkout. <laughs> <laughs> That special code is Kevin the Pig, all one word. And in case you didn't catch the joke, that's Kevin Bacon. Because <laughs> that's our that's our little uh, mascot, Kevin, Kevin the, the pig. pig. And he's so cute. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to get into this story? Yes, we are. I'm telling you, this story is going to surprise some people. Because when they look in their feed and they say the Knickerbocker Hotel, mm-hmm. they're going to automatically think... The Knickerbocker Hotel in L.A., which is a very famous haunted hotel. Mm-hmm. That's not the one we're doing. There's another one. Yes, this one is Where in. The heck? This one is in Linesville, Pennsylvania. Where the heck is that? It's in Pennsylvania. I mean, that's like as far where? as I know. You don't know where like, no. it's close to. Or not a clue. Not a clue. But I'm telling you, this story is amazing. So I was kind of Maze excited balls. about this. Yeah. So, like I said, it's going to surprise some people, but it is what it is. Anyways, I had no clue that this place even existed until I stumbled across it researching the one in L.A. Because that's what I had initially intended on doing the story on. And I will do a story on that eventually, but now i got to figure out how to, how to name it. Because we'll have two different ones oh, listed yeah. as the Knickerbocker Hotel. We'll just say I am. I'll put, I'm going to put PA and, 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 then, uh, and L.A. Yeah, yeah of course. That's the only way we can do it. But really cool story. So, since this isn't the one that's as well-known, I decided to do this one instead because I like the lesser-known stories. And I think you will enjoy this one just as much as you would the other one. As usual, let's get into some history of the place. The grand opening was celebrated here with a big gala ball on January 12th, 1882. I think it's gala. I think those are apples. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was called gala balls. I think those are still apples. No, I don't know. I I think I it's I think matter. it's an either or, but I think it's gala. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> yes, you did. I know. So this beautiful building because that's what I do best. That's that's what I've heard. People tell me that. That's what I've heard. So and no. you have an annoying voice. Yeah, I know. So get off my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> if you wouldn't on the live feed that we did the live uh, show on Facebook last night, somebody popped on just long enough to say Tracy's voice was annoying. How rude. <laughs> what a rude 
biatch. <laughs> anyway, this beautiful building was built by Milo and Clara Arnold, and it was originally called, are you ready for this? What? The Arnold House. It was, <laughs> there was her name, I guess that was... I don't know. I, I just kills me. And I know we're just getting off subject right up there. I just, I think it's so funny that everybody felt the need back in the day to like name the house. Yeah. Well, well, well. I mean, I can't imagine this being Casa de Poly or whatever. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's just, I don't know. Anyway, it was built on land that Clara had inherited from her second husband. He had passed away. He left her the land. So this would make Milo her third husband. Mm. She's either like really bad luck or yeah, really. anyways. The original hotel had a had 20 rooms, and it featured a hotel, a bar, and a restaurant. So oh. it was a little bit of everything. That's pretty a lot of stuff for back in the 1880s. I thought you were say like a bordello or something. No, it did not have that, as far as I know. Did they have indoor plumbing? I believe they did. Did they back in that year? I think that was about the, really about the, the start. They also, the family residence was there on site. Okay, as well. that's good. That's helpful. The hotel today has obviously been through a numerous amount of changes through the years, but it's still on its original foundation. Oh, very cool. In 2005, Merle and Peg Knickerbocker bought the hotel, and they said they just felt a calling to restore it back to the original things, you know, that it was. Yeah, yeah. Peg likes to change the colors and the decor in every room on a fairly regular basis. So she things just don't stay the same. And she says she does this to keep the ghost and the guest on their toes. Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> so while we're on the subject, let's get into the ghost. Because this is going to be one of those episodes where there's a lot less history that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. than paranormal. This is going to be, a, you're done with the history. Everything's going to be pretty much paranormal from okay. this point on. Now, I started off the show by telling you that I didn't know much about this place. But it's pretty damn well known amongst paranormal investigators. For example, the most famous paranormal investigator. Who do you think? Who do you think the most famous of all time would be? You. That would be wrong. <laughs> um. Just think when you think famous of all time paranormal investigators. Who whose name? Coffee. He is a medium. Oh, dang. That's close. Uh, Zach. Okay, you lose. <laughs> Lorraine Warren. I was gonna say that. <laughs> visited the hotel. But I had to say <laughs> But Lorraine Warren visited the hotel on many occasions, including a visit on her eighty-first birthday. Hmm. She does things like we do. Yeah. So she was attending this big paranormal lecture, and she was in the dining area of the hotel, which you'll find that's where they do most of these things at. She was sitting at this small table. She had her purse sitting on the floor right next to her feet. Once the lecture was over, she kind of grabbed for a purse, but it was gone. Oh, no. She was obviously upset, and she asked Peg Knickerbocker if she would help her find it. So Peg was eager to help, and she realized that this was a normal occurrence in the hotel. I guess Lorraine just didn't know it. Purses, phones, earrings, car keys, a bunch of stuff like this go, go missing all the time when people visit there. So Peg knows that there's only one way to find the items that are missing. And that's to ask the hotel, very politely, to give whatever is missing back. So Lorraine was game, I guess we'll say, to give this a shot. She stood up, she opened her arms, and she asked for the building to please return her purse. Now, by this time, 
all the people that were there for the lecture yes, are seeing what's going on. Now they're seeing what's going on and they're sitting there and they're kind of watching the situation. And Peg said, Hey, here's how this works. You have to ask, but then everybody has to leave the room and then you come back in the room and the items there. That's typically how it works. So they told everybody to get up and leave the room. They did. At this point in time, Lorraine and Peg walk back in. Like they were literally just enough to walk out and turn and walk back in. Like no time passed. There was the purse exactly in the same place where it had, it had went missing from. Get the from. fuck out of here. Yep. Oh, wow. So what could have taken the purse? Who knows? Was there it, money still in there? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> it could have been a ghost or maybe a few spirits in cahoots. Nobody really knows what what causes that to happen maybe it was clara arnold the matriarch of the place because it said that she inhabits the place as a spirit Mm -hmm. maybe because she passed away of tuberculosis just three years after the hotel opened i'm sorry clara she was 37 years old maybe it was a playful child children like to do that kind of stuff And there's been video captured of what looks and sounds like a child in the basement. Or maybe it was a shadow figure. Apparently the shadow figures are like the Rome, the second and third floors there. That has also been captured on infrared video, the shadow figure. So are you following along in this little place that I didn't know? So we've already got ghosts that like to basically take merchandise and then give it back if you ask for it we've got shadow figures we've got a child and we've got clara arnold and we're just barely into the story yeah that's a lot would you rather see a shadow figure or an apparition apparition really yeah shadow figures usually just come shadow figures just come across as evil whether they are or not that's what i'm saying i've never heard about a good shadow figure yeah the sneaky little heifers we haven't even touched on on the ghost cat this cat's been seen and heard often in a room that it has of its very own at the hotel called the cat room. Well, good for him. We'll talk a little bit more about that in detail a little bit later. And yeah, it's been caught on camera as well. So now we got all the other stuff plus a ghost cat. Oh, dang. I'd like to see all that. <laughs> so we mentioned that paranormal investigators love this place. It's been featured on a few TV shows as well. Paranormal State, if you remember that, mm-hmm. that was that was actually that was one of my most the that was one of the ones that was like the show that was out when nothing else was. It yeah. was that and Ghost Hunters. That was it. Mm-hmm. Loved that show. So they had an episode on the hotel, and then Biography Channel has my ghost stories, and they had an episode on the hotel there, and we'll talk about that in a little more detail later. Brian Kano from Sci-Fi's Hunt Collector. You've probably seen that a few times. He did a documentary that was on this place as well. So some of the big names chiming in on mm-hmm. it. So I don't know how this escaped my knowledge all these years. It's a really cool place that that has a lounge area that can be used for like small little get-togethers. So like if we ever wanted to do a show or something up there, we probably oh, could. Oh, that would be awesome. And the lounge is like, it's got all along the walls and stuff, there are couches set up. Mm-hmm. Like really nice poofy couches couches so you could sit there and enjoy what's going on and then they have a bunch of small tables and chairs set up throughout so it's nice and then right next to that is the dining room which sometimes i use as a dining room sometimes i use it for lectures and stuff like the one lorraine was at yeah it's just perfect for that kind of sit sit up this particular room is where 
like the paranormal investigators when they come and set up this is where they set all their equipment and stuff up to be able to look at the evidence when it's all said and done so this is kind of the only place in the whole hotel that's kind of like high tech because everything else is kind of set back like it was mm-hmm. in the 1880s in 2011 peg and Bill knickerbocker both decided that they were going to recreate that gala slash gala ball mm-hmm. that happened back in 1882. So they decided they were gonna, they were going to have that that deal, and they used an old newspaper article that detailed the events of that night as kind of a guide on how to set it up, who was there, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So everybody wore costumes that were of that period. Yeah, everybody had to play a part. Peg actually played the get. I mean the uh, the chef. And she made this marvelous feast. Merle played the piano all night long, picking songs that would have been played back in the 1880s. Oh, how fun. They had a family friend by the name of Mark Painter, and he had the honor of playing Milo Arnold, the original owner. Really cool. So what's cool is that everyone that was there, they actually stayed in character all night long. They never broke character. And it reminded me of The Office. Remember when they were (laughs) playing that game that was supposed to be in the South, and it was like a murder mystery (laughs) (laughs) and they were all worried about like downsizing or something they're worried they were going to lose their job Mm -hmm. he was trying to keep everybody into character (laughs) that's all i could think about when i read it (laughs) so just like the original dinner the guests enjoyed their meal and then the staff ate their meal afterwards while the rest of the uh the people who had already finished eating they were in the lounge the gentleman playing milo he stood up at one point and he thanked all the guests for coming to the grand opening. The guests didn't really seem to be paying much attention, though, to what Milo was saying. It seemed like there was something a little more interesting going on behind Milo. Oh, gosh. So, of course, he notices it and he wants to see as well what's going on. So he turns around and what he saw pretty much dropped his jaw to the floor because it was so unbelievable. There was an apparition that had appeared behind him. But it wasn't your typical apparition of a person. This one had kind of like a, it was like a wavy light, kind of like you see off of a hot road Mm -hmm. in the summertime, the Mm -hmm. waves that would come up. He said it came out of one wall, walked all the way through the room, and disappeared into the wall of the other side, and everybody that was there saw it. Did they freak out? Did they stay? No, they freaked out. And before anybody could even say anything, then another man dressed in period-type clothing. Matter of fact, he was dressed just like this fake Milo was dressed. Yeah. He stepped out of the wall. Think about what I just said. He stepped (laughs) out of the wall. He took a look around and then disappeared right back into the wall. Everybody bolted from the lounge into the dining area. Oh, my goodness. And this is where, you know, the quote-unquote staff, the fake staff of the night, were having their dinner, uh, Peg included. And she was really surprised when everybody started telling her what was going on because she said just a few minutes before that, she saw the same guy peek out from a door like he was trying to see what was going on in their room. So apparently he looked there, then he looked in the other room, and they come running in. Is it possible that the real Milo actually showed up for the reenactment? Oh, how cool is that? I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Peg tells a story about one time that her sister Clara was visiting the hotel, and she said there was this woman and her grandson that kind of, they were 
visiting from Ohio, but they weren't staying at the hotel. So they were staying from coming in from Ohio, and I guess the little boy had to use the bathroom. So they they came into the hotel and said, "Hey, is it okay if my yeah. grandson uses the bathroom?" And Clara graciously, you know, obliged. Said, "Yeah, that that was fine." So the lady takes her grandson to the bathroom, and when she comes back out, she looks at at Clara and said, "I'm I'm sorry if I made that lady mad." And Clara said, "What lady?" And she said, "Well, the, the one that was in the bathroom." She said, you know, we, we go in there, and my little, you know, she seemed really aggravated that it was taking so long. And she said it was a lady with a brown outfit on, and she had short, uh, really short, dark hair. It's kind of cupped around her face. She was a smaller stature woman, and she had these black cat rim glasses. She said she just stood there tapping her foot with her arms crossed, and I told her, you know, I was sorry, but my grandson would be done in just a minute. And then she got in a huff and just left. And Clara told the grandma, well, that's wonderful because you, your grandson, and myself are the only people that's in this room and nobody came out of that bathroom during the whole time you were in there. What <laughs> in the world? Whew. I just can't even imagine that. Because <laughs> it makes you feel like you're crazy. Oh, I know what. I know it. And apparently she wouldn't like an apparition because she thought it was a real person. Yeah. So I told you that they were on an episode of the biographies, uh, My Ghost Story. This was in June of 2012. And in that episode, Peg said that neither her or her husband, Merle, even knew that the hotel was haunted when they bought it. Come on. Nobody tell. Well, it it may not because almost almost all the haunting stories take place from them. Everything we've talked about. Oh, well, I guess that does make sense. That's how they took over. So they may not have known. Yeah, that's true. I just think it's funny, like, a lot of people <laughs> tell when they oh, sell their it. stuff. But anyway, she said that they didn't have any experiences until they started to remodel the second and the third floor of the hotel. So it's possible that it wasn't haunted until then. Maybe that's what brought everything out. Oh, you know how yeah. construction does. Mm-hmm. So Peg tells in this episode that she had some very scary encounters with a shadow figure. One time, she said she was doing some dishes after they just had an event. She looked up and looked toward the back kitchen door, and she said it was a shadow figure that was just kind of standing in the doorway looking at her. She immediately left the room, as you should. I would have been like, um, get a dish towel. Help me out. <laughs> You're just going to stand there. Why don't they get a dishwasher? I, th- I was just sitting here thinking, why ain't you got a dishwasher? <laughs> anyway, she said she's seen this thing several times over the years, and she's not alone. Others have also seen this shadow figure. Paranormal investigator Megan Newall walked past the kitchen and she saw a shadow figure in almost the exact same place that Peg had saw it at. Why are you yawning? Who? Sorry. Is the story boring you? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) She said it ran past the back of the kitchen and it terrified her. She said she had never seen anything like that in her life. And she's a paranormal investigator. Really? Other visitors have seen this shadow figure in the basement and even in the stairways. The episode of my ghost story shows a picture of the shadow figure. It was in the angel room of the third floor. And we'll talk more about the angel room later. No one is sure if this is one shadow figure or if there's several of them throughout the house. Because it did seem throughout, throughout, so nobody's really sure. Let's talk about the basement. I hate basements. (laughs) This is a damp, dirt floor basement full of cobwebs. It's directly under the lounge and the dining area, and 
and apparently it looks and feels as creepy as it sounds. You remember just a couple seconds ago, we mentioned that there have been shadow figures mm -hmm. down in this basement area as well. So you have to open up a door that remains locked, and you go down this really narrow staircase to get down there. It really reminds me a lot of the stairway that we had to get down to the basement of the Sally House. Remember how steep those oh, steps God, were? Oh, yes. How narrow um, that was? Yes. I don't do stairs. Do you want to hear about the cat room? I do. This is actually a two-room suite up on the second floor. In the main room, it's got a bed, a dresser, and a wooden chair. In the second room, it's got two twin-size beds and a sofa. Now, the ghost cat is the most popular spirit in the hotel. As you can imagine, everybody loves a, a ghost animal. Remember we said in that the front room of the suite that there was a, a, a chair, mm -hmm. a single wooden chair. That is there specifically for the cat. For like a scratching post? <laughs> I think just to sit in. Oh. Because, guess what's on the dresser? What? A picture of the ghost cat curled up in that chair. Aww. How'd you like to be that? You go in that room and there's a picture of the ghost that's in the room. <laughs> Apparently, there's a live feed set up at this place where you can just like look at any of the rooms. Like you could log on and look at stuff that's in the hotel. I want to do that. And somebody, a, a viewer, saw the cat, screenshotted it, and then they sent it to the hotel. So they said it's not like a great picture, but it's good enough where you can see the marking and you can tell that it's an orange cat on top and then like some white and everything below that. Aww. But that cat has been seen all over the hotel, not just in that room. Very cool. How do we know that the pic picture that was sent in is of the ghost cat and not a real cat? That would be a logical question. Well, somebody just took a picture of a real cat sitting there. It's because the cat in this picture is translucent, so you can see through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, know what we're doing as soon as we're done here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most popular room in the entire hotel is the angel room. It's up on the third floor. There's an antique bureau in there. There's a vanity with a mirror. There is a wooden bench, and the bench is like so you can set your clothes and stuff out on. Mm -hmm. There's also a little small dining table for two. Teresa Argy. I think it's Argy. It could be Argy, and I apologize if I get your name wrong, Teresa. She co-wrote the book. America's Most Haunted, Secrets of Famous Places. And to be honest with you, that's where I got the majority of this information. At. Mm -hmm. like it's a totally accident, but yeah. when I found out it wouldn't, when I looked and started reading into it, I was like, hey, this is cool. So anyway, she, she wrote the book that this was in, and she apparently stayed there. She said that she was instantly attracted to the angel room on her very first visit to the hotel. Said it felt just like she was invading someone's space, though, and she always felt like somebody was watching her. After seven hours of investigating one day, Teresa decided that, hey, let's call it a night. So she goes back and she lays down. Now, at this time, she took out a, her pearl earrings that she had in her ears. Now, these were a gift from her daughter, so they were special to her. She takes them out. She lays them on the pillow next to her on the bed. Okay? Okay. Why? She do that on purpose? Yes. Oh, she okay. laid them. She laid them on the pillow next to her, I guess, to make sure... And after a few hours of sleep, because apparently they, you know, it's only a couple hours and it's time to get right back up and go down there. So she gets up, she's got her friends telling her, hey, let's go down for breakfast. Well, she gets dressed and everything and she starts to go out um, to meet the other half of her crew down there. And I said half, but there was like a dozen people that was part of this original party. Mm -hmm. So she was in there and she grabs all her stuff. She starts to leave the room and she remembers that she didn't grab her earrings. She goes and looks on the bed aside or the pillow beside her and they're not there 
But why would she do that? I mean, is she doing it to see if somebody will take them? No, I guess she just she was just wanting them to be close to her, I guess, figures. I well, mean, that's dumb. Because well, she can be rolling around the bed or fall somewhere. Well, I hope she's not listening to the show. Well, I'm sorry, Teresa, but that was silly. <laughs> Anyways, she just assumes, okay, well, they must have fell off the bed somewhere and up, knocked them off or something. They're on the floor somewhere. Nope. So she says, well, maybe they're under the, the cover or something, which is doubtful because she slept on top of the blanket. So she never even got under the covers or anything. So I'm assuming to answer your question, she felt like that, you know, like, well, you know how I am when I sleep. I never even go past the edge of the bed. So she probably felt like being on the pillow right next to her, she was never going to touch that pillow, never going to roll over that side of the bed. So mm. they would, you know, be whatever. But anyway, so she checks underneath the covers, nothing there. So she says, okay, well, I'll just go down to breakfast and I'll ask for volunteers to come up and help. She does that and she, and Peg included, you got 12 people up there back to this room now after breakfast. They look everywhere. They took the sheets off the bed. They took the mattress off the bed. They checked in all the drawers. They disassembled the headboard that was there just to try to see where the hell can it be. What the... Now, like we talked about before with Lorraine Warren, Peg looks at Teresa and she says, are you ready to accept the fact that the hotel took your earrings? Peg said, you know what you got to do, right? Oh, yeah. She's got to ask for them back. So Teresa asked the building to give back her earrings and she explained that they were special to her because her nine-year-old daughter would be very disappointed if she didn't have them. So they leave the room. They come back. It's been less than a minute. Almost immediately upon entering the room, somebody spots the earrings on a wooden plank that was part of the headboard that they had just taken apart. And not only did they just spot them, they were placed together neatly. They I were would be so fired up after all that. But I'm mean, glad she found her earrings. Oh my gosh. Teresa said that there was 11 witnesses to what happened. Not only that, there were people listening and watching on the live stream while she was sleeping. That's a little creepy. Oh, yeah. But that's, I guess she wouldn't wouldn't undress. You probably have an option to turn it off, I I, mean, I I was going to say, well, surely they don't do that all the time. No, I mean, I'm I'm sure you probably have an option, but she knew she was just going to go to sleep and wouldn't even take them. You know, she didn't even get undressed, from my understanding. Oh. She just slept on top of the blankets and everything. So, anyway... She said there was people watching that, and they said that nobody had entered the room, either during the time she was sleeping or during the time that they were out of the room. That is so bizarre. It's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, at least they can get their stuff back, so that's cool. Peg captured a very clear EVP one night back in 2009 in the Angel Room. She said she had invited a small group of friends over. There was five of them. And they set up some cameras, some audio in the angel room. She wanted her friends to kind of experience what they had experienced mm-hmm. there. And she was hoping that the group would experience the experience. And the, <laughs> experience the experience? Uh, experience the spirits. Oh. I probably said it wrong. <laughs> You're That's me just slurring my speech. <laughs> so there wasn't much happening, though. And she kind of figured that maybe the spirits might be a little shy with the group being five, six people in there. So she decided to have everyone get up and leave, and then they would come back one by one and give the, the spirits a chance to kind of adjust yeah. to the crowd kind of getting a little bit larger. So she has everybody stand up, and she starts explaining what they're going to do. 
Peg says, we're going to each take a turn. At that time, you hear a child say, I don't want you to go. Aww. The EVP was so clear that they thought that someone in the room must have said it. Because, you know, a lot of times it's like, it's, it's, up, for, a little it's bit. up for debate. It almost sounds yeah. a little mechanical. Said it was so clear they thought somebody in the room had to have said it. But here's the key. There was five people in there at the time. Nobody heard it at the time. Oh, so they didn't hear it until after they left? They didn't hear it until after they played video and audio back. They had two video cameras. Only one of the video cameras picked it up. The other one didn't. They had four audio recorders. Two of them picked it up and the other two didn't. If somebody in the room had physically said it, everything would have picked it up. But yeah. But only half of the equipment Aww, picked it up. My poor baby. So... Anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. This is the last story. From the third floor to the stairwell, there's a woman's disembodied voice that is often heard. Several people have reported this. It's muffled. It's hard to understand. And some people believe that it may even be a foreign language. Sometimes it's from far away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's right behind you. Peg's sister, Kathy, has seen an apparition of a woman in the same area wearing a veil over her face. Aww. So. That's a cool place, man. I want to go. I do, too. I wonder how far that is from here. I don't know. I wonder how far it is from Erie. Because, you know, we may be going back up there. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But that was cool. I like that. It's amazing the little less popular stories sometimes. Mm -hmm. Have the most going on. Yeah, some cool stuff. I mean, that's some pretty documented stuff when you've got got five, six different recording devices and Mm -hmm. only three pick up you know the evp and as clear as it is and i haven't heard it but i've seen a lot written on it already about how clear it was yeah i mean and just the fact that all those people that were together saw the same thing yeah i mean that rarely happens all the people that saw lorraine's purse and turned around and saw the the earrings Mm -hmm. and there was cameras on the room so it was obvious that nobody came in and out so how does everybody miss a set of earrings yeah that was right there, and then a minute later, they're there, and there's video proof that nobody walked in the room. It's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. Well, Tracy, well, I love that story, babe. my dear. If you will get ready to read these, I will give a quick announcement. Sad to say that we canceled the Louisville show, and we had to cancel the Indianapolis show. Also, Blah. we've come to a conclusion. I've talked to David Flora from Blurry Photos, and I've talked to Brent from Hysteria 51, and we've all come to a mutual decision that we are going to, I'm not going to say cancel the June show in Chicago. We're going to reschedule it, but as of right now, we do not have a rescheduled date because it's kind of pointless right now to do that when nobody knows what the future holds with this coronavirus thing. This damn Rona's moving. This (laughs) is running everything. Go away, Rona. We just know that it's not a good idea to try to do it now. Uh, they will probably be open and be able to do it, but it's a matter of being safe. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of whether people are comfortable being in crowds. It's a matter of about being responsible uh, as putting on events to make sure that our fans and listeners are safe when they come to those things. And I don't know how safe it will be. I don't know how comfortable people will be. So it's too early. Uh, you know, the next show up will be July 
in Pigeon Forge. We, us and the, and the guys from Graveyard Tales will be in talks over the next couple of weeks to make a decision on that one. And right now, I think that's the way it's going to be is we're just going to go month to month. Let's see if there's any big, uh, I guess, other waves or phases of this thing that, you know, who knows? I mean, we could be shut down again in two months for all we know. I don't know. So... We just want everybody to be safe and, and it to come out and not have to worry about, you know, catching something or taking something home to your grandparents or parents or anything like that. So that's kind of where we're at. So we love you guys, and nothing is more important than your safety to us. So the decision had to be made. But we'll send out some emails and stuff uh, through Eventbrite if you've got tickets for that show. And we'll give you the option to whether you want a, a refund or whether you just want to um, – keep it on the books and then when the, it gets replanned you just automatically get a ticket for that so we'll give you some options but it'll all be in the email dang it so that's where we're at the um live events we've been doing on facebook on a positive note those have been extremely fun we just did one with author leslie fear we've got a couple of cool ones coming up i know one of them that we're doing next week is near and dear to our heart because it's the girls from hillbilly youngins Kristen and Dakota will be on with us for the Facebook Live. Yep. The week after, we're going to have a, a show that some of you may not be familiar with, but you'll want to check it out. It's called Your Haunted Holiday. It's a really fun show. These young ladies are awesome at what they do. And after hearing the show, I asked them if they wanted to come on and do a Facebook Live, and they were excited about it, so we'll do that. And then the week after... We have another Facebook Live, and it's going to be Tammy and Bryce from Hollywood Paranormal. Cool. All right, Trace, what do you got for us? All righty. We had some really nice iTunes reviews this week. Kayla Van Trace, thank you, honey, for your sweet review. We really appreciate that. And the Reliable Mojo Lobster. Yeah. We love you, honey. Uh, Ron Smy. I hope I said that right, sweetheart. Deb Z. Catters, 1188. Mom, 101-609. Left a really nice review for Hillbilly Youngins. And Dakota was so excited about that. And so was Kristen. DSLT, 0157. John Estrada, 96, and Kimmy B. Thank you guys so much. You are just so awesome. Your reviews were so nice, and we really appreciate y'all so much. In our Patreons this week is Kathy James, Jennifer Foster, and Lewis Brown. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means the world to us. Yes, it does. Absolutely. And I wanted to add this week that we had a couple people... Tell us, hey, we want to support the show financially, but we really don't want to be into a monthly agreement on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Understandable completely. They asked if there was a way to donate like a one-time thing. At one time, that sounded bad. A one-time thing and then sounded at one time. <laughs> at one point, yeah, we go. actually did have a button on there back in the early days when we took no. it off uh, a, a while button. back. Yeah, a button. <laughs> but, and we took it off a long time ago, but we did add one back. So if you are in a situation to where... You do want to donate to the show, but you only want to do a one-time donation. We've got it there. You can do any amount you want. So Yeah, it's, and we no, are so appreciative of that. So, yeah, we do thank that. But we, that is now on the front page of the website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, where you can also buy your merchandise. That's what and it's I just want to say, I really love you guys. Like, really, 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 really. Well, I love every one of you guys. And I can be more prouder of our group. You guys are awesome. 
and I just hope everybody had a wonderful Mother's Day. Kind of missing mine today, and Jerry's missing his, but you know, he made it special for me, and I hope y'all, through all this crappy Rona stuff, had a nice Mother's Day, and I just want to tell you I love y'all. I appreciate you. And then I'll, sorry, I interrupted Jerry again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you too, so I'm never going to get mad if you interrupt to tell everybody how much you no, love them. thank you, baby. Before we get out of here, everybody go to podbelly.com. Sign up, get your free stickers. Remember, it's Kevin the Pig, all one word, is the code. But a couple of shows that I want you to check out. We're going to start with some paranormal shows this week. The Ectoplasm Podcast. Go that check that out. Cool. Josh and Jason, they're great. Josh Hurd, a lot of people know him. He's a paranormal investigator. Go check them out. They're on the network. Paranormal Punchers. You, you want to definitely go see that because, you know, we've got our buddy Mr. Sheets there. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife do that thing. Go see Mark Sheets or listen to Mark Sheets, I guess you should say, on Paranormal Punchers. They're also one of the coolest logos out there. Mm-hmm. Graveyard Shift. That's Frank and Jeremy. <laughs> they're on the network. So there's three paranormal shows to go listen to. And uh, Frank does another podcast uh, also, though, but some true crime stuff. So great stuff out there. Go check it out. We love all these guys. Everybody's always asking for more recommendations. There's some of them right there. So go check them out. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Love y'all.